Uh, we're excited about um, just all that God's doing uh, in the church and just excited about um, what he has for us today. And so uh, if you weren't here last week, um, uh, jumped into uh, uh, just a little thought and again still trying to figure out how far we're going to go with this here at Newport New- or at Williamsburg and, and what this is going to look like. But um, I've been working on a sermon for a while and I just can't get to that sermon and, and, and I, I don't know why. It's either a really, really bad sermon that I shouldn't preach and God's protecting you and saving you from that um, or uh, it's just for another day um, or, or it could just be that in my pursuit in that I'm, I'm pursuing God and asking for him to speak and he's revealing something that's present, right? And um, and so uh, regardless of, of the facts, um, we're, we're going to go with it. It's a really great sermon for another day, right? And uh, this is a good sermon and a great sermon for today. And um, so what we talked about last week is and jumped into is um, the topic of the new is here. And uh, one of the things that we um, talked about and looked at is, is the fact that new things, that they really have an impact on us, right? We really like new things. And if you uh, were here last week, maybe you looked at things a little bit differently and you really thought about that, right? Maybe you got something new and you're like, oh, this did change me. I do feel different, right? Uh, I got some new books delivered to me in the mail and I was so excited because they were supposed to be here on Friday and they came in on Tuesday and I love books, you know, and, um, and so when the, the FedEx guy rung the door Bell, you know, I was all excited and giddy. I was like, yay. And so I opened up the box and I was like, new books. And I like rubbed the cover and I'm like flipping the new pages and I'm all excited about it because I like new books, right? And I just started laughing. I was like, I really, it's a book, right? And I'm excited about it because it's new, right? <laughs> 15 year old Jamie would have been like, whatever, and just chucked it out the window, right? <laughs> like, new thing, I just get excited about it. And so, you know, new things they do, they, they, they change the way. We look at things, they change the way we feel about ourselves, they, they even change our actions, they change our attitudes. Now, I was joking around last week about if you put on a brand new pair of shoes, if you spent money on them and you care about them, right, you walk differently, right? I mean, you ever see somebody with a brand new pair of J's on, they're walking down the sidewalk a little bit differently, right? <laughs> they're not carried about how, they don't care about how they look, they care about what they're not stepping in, right? It changes the way that you do things. New is something that brings momentum and excitement into your life or to an organization or to a business. You know, the, the Raiders are a horrible football team and have been my entire life, right? I, I love the Raiders because it helps me to see that there's one team worse than my team, right? And so the, the Raiders are horrible, but they're looking for a brand new stadium. Why? Because they think that a new stadium is going to bring a new vitality, a new excitement, a new life into the organization that's going to help them to act differently, think differently, work differently, that there's going to bring an excitement for people to want to be on the team, to be coaches, that, that newness, it changes things, right? And, and so there's this reality in each one of our lives that if we get something new and if we experience something new, that it impacts us. And so we looked at in scripture that, that Jesus, he points something out to us and he says something to us that can help us to see that there's a new that we can experience in our life on a regular basis. That there's a new, if you are a follower of Christ, if you're a child of God, there's a newness, there is a new reality in your life every day and in every way. And so in Matthew chapter 6 is where we started the journey and where we began to look at these things. And in verse 19, it says this. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart 
will also be. Verse 22. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And so what we talked about in this verse is that Jesus has given us this view, this understanding, this, this principle in life that our view, what our eyes are focused on, what we look to, it can bring light to our situation or our view, our, 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 our understanding can bring darkness into our situation. Because the reality is what Jesus is saying, he's let us in on a little insight. No matter who you are, no matter where you are in your journey with God, no matter your view of God, no matter your desire to be in relationship with God, each and every one of us, there is a light on the inside of us. There's a spiritual reality to who you are and to who I am. Every single human being on this planet, no matter what their claim of belief is, there's a spiritual reality. There's a light on the inside of each and every one of us. And what we look to, what we value, what we put our eyes on, it increases that light or it dampens that light. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, there's a powerful thing here to consider. There's something amazing to look at in this thing. If you look at it, you think about it, you go all through Scripture, Jesus says, I am the light, right? The Word of God is what? It's a light, right? The light helps us to see where we're supposed to go. Right? If you're walking in a room, we talked about last week how, you know, there's a new device coming out that can control your light through your phone, right? And, and because I don't want to walk through my bedroom in a dark room. I want to be able to walk through my bedroom in a light room. And I want to be able to turn the light off on my phone when I'm in bed instead of, like, banging my shin into the end of my bed, right? That's what I want. That's an amazing world to me. I'm excited about the day that that gets to happen, right? Because my wife, she won't submit, she won't turn the lights off when I'm in bed. I don't know what the issue is. And so we've got to go, I know that was wrong. All right, so, but you know, like, I mean, that's, you know, like I get excited about that and I'm just like, oh, I want that to happen one day. That's going to be awesome. The reality is that each and every one of us, that we understand the principle, when there is light, it shows us where to go. When there's darkness, we know to avoid it, right? If you're walking through the woods and there's a path that's bright, brightly lit up and it's, it's great and you're out for a morning run, right, and you're just running around, are you going to go down the path that's lit up and it's got little emergency things down it or are you going to go to the dark one, right, um, that's completely unlit and dark and you have no clue where it's going? You're going to go where the lighted path is, right? You choose to where you're going to go. You're directed by light. We understand that in our lives. Light helps us to avoid things. Light helps us to uh, be able to work through things and move through things easier because that's what light does. And Jesus is saying, listen, you can move through life. You can have an understanding in life. When the light is brighter in your life, it's easier, it's better than when the light is darker. And each and every one of you have a light and you're in control of that by what your perspective is, by what you look at. You are in control of that. And so we talked about this, the reality that our, our perspective needs to shift when we open ourselves to the adventure of living. Because we need to say, you know what, I'm going to go through life and you know, there's going to be trials, there's going to be troubles, there are going to be things that wound me deeply, there are going to be things that do not make sense. Like Pastor was talking about, Pastor Fred was talking about, there's going to be moments when I don't have answers to questions that I don't even know how to ask. Right? I mean, there's just going to be those moments. And, and we talked about in John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus, listen, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. They're guaranteed. James in chapter 1, verse 2, listen, these things are going to happen. You're going to have trials. Right? 
It's going to happen. It's just what's going to take place. But then in verse 3, right, consider all those trials great joy, right? So there's going to be things that are going to happen. But your perspective on those things that happen, your understanding, your willingness to see something other than what is present, it determines how bright the light is that gives you direction and guidance. And so there's this major principle that's playing in us. And so as we look at this and as we begin to see, then what is supposed to be our perspective as a follower of Christ? What's supposed to be the way that we look at things and we see the reality and we see how we're supposed to do this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. If you read this verse in verse 16, so we used to look at people a certain way. We used to look at our circumstances a certain way. We used to look at Jesus as just a man that was here on earth that had some good thoughts. But no longer do we look at the world that way. No longer do we look at our circumstances that way because we don't look at Jesus that way. He was not just a man that had some good thoughts. He was God himself who came to this earth and did the unthinkable, who died and then rose again and in front of our very eyes ascended to heaven and he's now there saying one day you will be with me too our view our perspective is wildly different man we used to think this way and we can't even think we laugh about the way we used to think about things now we think about things completely different why do we think about them completely different because if anyone is in christ the new creation has come we pointed out that the word that is used here is intentional the new creation, it's the same in the sense of talking about when God created the earth. That when God created that new creation, it is something that is present, it is something that is real, it's something that we can see. That one time it did not exist, but now it exists. And we can see it, we can acknowledge it, we know that it is there. Also too, that this creation, that the same power in which God spoke the stars into existence, the same power in which God created things that we are still discovering today, that power that God used to create the universe that we're still discovering and still being amazed at on a regular basis, that power is the same power that God spoke life into you when you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. That power... So when we look at our situations and we look at who we used to be and we look at our past circumstances, we don't look at them and say, yeah, God could love me, but. Because there is no but, there is no issue, there is no concern that is great enough to, to cancel out his love for us and the power that he has to restore us and put us in relationship with him. That power that God spoke in everything into existence is the same power that he speaks life into your situation. And you get to see that the new is here. So when you look at your situations and you look at the, the things that are going on in life, you get to look at them with a different perspective. You get to turn your, your mind from things. So as you're going throughout your day and you walk into a situation, and, you're, and, and normally you would walk into it, right, and, and you're just like, I can't believe this is happening right now. You go out and you're supposed to be leaving and your car's covered in snow and then you got a flat tire, right? And you're just like, I'm going to be late for something. Just happened last week, right? I don't know what the issue is. I keep having all these flat tires. We'll figure it out one day. But so I'm going through and I'm just like, ah. Oh. For me, in that moment, that situation, 
it's one that I used to, I would get frustrated, I would get angry, I would just, it would ruin my entire day. Instead, I can look at it and say, you know what, I'm a new person, I'm not going to respond the way that I used to. Right? I'm new. It's a moment for me. Does it mean anything else? Is something mystical supposed to happen because I had a flat tire? I don't know. Did God spare me from something? Maybe. Maybe not, right? Then am I now going to encounter somebody at the gas station and I get to talk to them and they get saved? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But the big thing, the miraculous thing is it's a moment for me to recognize God's changed me. I'm a new person. Man, I can remember that five years ago, I used to respond a certain way, and now that's not even a thought. I'm completely different. I'm a new person. I get to acknowledge the newness of who I am because of Christ. I get to see that. Our perspective changes. We look at things differently. So the way we used to respond is not the way that we respond anymore. The way that we used to think about things is not the way that we think about things anymore. The way we look at things, it's not the way that we, because it's all new. It's new. Every single day is new. And so that encourages us to, as followers of Christ, that we get to walk into this world. We get to walk into every single day, not looking back, but looking forward. We get to look into every single day, like tomorrow's going to be the day that we're going to get a brand new car, right? We get to get this, like, this excitement. I don't know what's going to be tomorrow, but it's going to be new, and it's going to be life-changing, and I can't wait to see what it's going to be. When we have that type of perspective, when we have that type of expectation, then we're open to the things that God has for us. Even if that's inviting some harm into our life, even if it's inviting trial into our life, even if it's inviting challenge into our life, we say, I don't care. I'm open to what God has because I know even in those things, I'm going to experience his new love, his grace, and all of who he is in a whole new way. I'm open. I'm willing. I'm ready. I want to do what God has for me because everything is new. He's made all things new. He's made me new. And he's given me a power to live the life that he's called me to. And I'm ready for what he has for me. So that's all what we talked about last week. So here, here's a point that I didn't get to last week, and we're going to expand on this this week. Is that when we see the new is here, we are free to move past our emotions and to know truth. We're free to move past our emotions and to know truth. One of the biggest arguments that I hear against Christianity on a regular basis is that Christianity, it, it's, a good, it's a good thing and, and people, you know, it's good for people that really are just weak-minded. You know, it's just, it's, if you're weak-minded and you really don't like thinking about things and you're just kind of hoping for a fairy tale that there's some magical, you know, genie out there that could fix, it's good for you. But anybody that really has some thought and really has some intelligence, it, it's just laughable. You can't even believe it. it it's one of the biggest arguments that's out there. And what that is, it's a view on Christianity that says that Christianity is about something other than truth. That Christianity is about, that it's about this, this fairy tale life that everything's going to be fixed and everybody's going to do something for me and I don't have to worry about anything. And that's not the truth of Christianity at all. So I, I think that's a pretty weak argument for a couple reasons. One, I think that can be used for any belief, right? Uh, especially even atheism, right? If an atheist or an agnostic says, hey, listen, that's just a weak, it's a weak, I, I mean, if you just want to say that there is nothing, you don't have to worry about anything, and you never have to be accountable about everything, you never really have to think about it, you never have to lay in on anything, I could say the same thing for that, right? And secondly, it would be this, that if Christians are looking for a comforting belief system, there are better options out there, Right? <laughs> I mean, if you're, saying, if you're saying, hey, I just want something that's going to make me feel better about myself and make my life just feel better, there are way better options out there, right? Call Oprah and watch that, right? Christianity is not that. 
Christianity issues some challenges and it issues some, some things that are, that are very contrary to our natural way of thinking. It's not about our comfort and our ease. It's about our life being surrendered. And I don't know about you, but surrendering anything is never easy. It's never fun and it's never something that's welcomed. But surrender is what we're called to and when we surrender, that's where we find life. Thirdly, I think it's an issue because comfort can only be found in an idea if there's an independent reason to think it's true, right? If you just, if, if you just think it's a wish, I, 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 all the time, right, I dream, I walk around and I dream, I, I've talked to people, is this wrong? Am I sinning for doing this? Because I do this a lot, right? But I just think if somebody came up and gave me $10 million, right, and I wish and I dream of what that life would be, right? Now, that's a great thought and it's a good idea, right? What would life be like if I, does that change my current reality at all? It's just a wish, Right? But if somebody were to literally come and say, here's $10 million, and that $10 million was given to me, and it was possessed, and I could see it, then that becomes a whole new reality, and it changes everything. If I just think that God exists, and then maybe one day, and I just wish that all these things will happen, then it doesn't really do much for me. But if I know them to be true, and that knowledge, it moves me into a place where I move past my emotions... And so it helps me to make decisions when my emotions would say one thing. My feelings would say, don't do this. This is what you should do. But I move to another place and say, no, because I know who God is and I know what he's called me to. See, the knowledge of who God is, the knowledge that I am his child, the knowledge that he is real, that he is present, it makes me feel comfort in reality because it's not just some fairy tale distant maybe it's a real, present, tangible relationship. It's a present God that I have in my life. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And if it was just a wish, it would never bring comfort. It could bring an image of comfort, but at some point that would crash. And I can just tell you in my own life, and I know people in this room have been through unthinkable things, unimaginable things. And it wasn't a wish that got them through it. It was the fact that they knew that God was present with them that got them through it. And then when they were on the other side of it, it was the fact that they knew that God brought them through it. And they were able to see new things that they never could see before. And it was, they knew that it was God that revealed those to them. Those are the things that shaped them, changed them, and moved them into a new destiny. It wasn't a wish. So, if we know that the new is here and moves us past our emotions to know the truth. So, as we look through this, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 8. And I, I say all this, I want to acknowledge, yes, there are real emotions in this world. But there's also a real knowledge that can move us into a place that helps us understand our emotions. When we get into a place where we're just sitting there and we're just basing everything off of what we feel, it can get us into a crazy place. But when we get into a place where we're basing things off of what we know to be true, even if we don't feel them to be true. It keeps us on a solid place, and it keeps us focused on the things that we're supposed to be focused on. Isaiah chapter 8, in verse 12, says this. It says, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. Again, this is Israel's found themselves in trouble. Uh, there's things going on in Assyria. There's things going on with these kingdoms around them. And, and so they're just like, oh, no, all this stuff's getting ready to happen. Maybe we should form these alliances. And maybe we should do all this different stuff and, because this could happen. And in verse 12, 
Isaiah says this, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. And don't live in dread of what frightens them. Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble. He will keep you safe. Listen to verse 12, what it's saying here. It's saying, conspire. Don't join in their way of thinking. Don't get caught up in worried in things that may or may not be there. Don't get focused on the things that you look at them and you say, oh, this is happening, so let me start planning now. And you start getting consumed with all of this stuff and worry and fear and all of the emotions of life begin to dictate everything to you. Get to a place where you stop and you acknowledge, yes, there are things happening. Man, there's all kinds of stuff taking place. Let me stop. Let me make sure that God is in his right place. Let's, let, let's make sure that I'm acknowledging him, that I'm looking to him. I don't want to join in. I don't want to get crazy and caught up in all of these conspiracy theories, right? And all this stuff. Have you ever talked with somebody, had lunch with somebody that is like all caught up in conspiracy theories? Have you ever, right? Right? It's the, the, the craziest two and a half hours you'll ever spend with your life, right? You, you'll end up in places like, I, I don't know what I believe anymore. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. I, I'm not going to look at that person the same anymore. I'm not going to go there. I know that. I'm going to stop reading that book, right? You just go through. You get caught up and it's just like, what is going on here? But if you stay focused and you say, no, God, I'm looking to you. Man, you are the truth. And I know you. I see what's happening here, and yes, there are results, there are ramifications, there are consequences to these things. And I can plan for those things, I can prepare for those things, but only if I'm focused on you. Will I be able to walk through these things? Will I be able to grow through these things? Will I be able to encounter these things and say, I am his, and see victory happen in my life? We have to rightly put our perspective on him and look to him. In verse 13, it says, make him holy. Recognize that this is, a, so let's read it again. Verse 13, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. Now, this idea all throughout scripture, we're going to put a little bit of thought into this here just for a moment. But this thing, make him holy, put him first, exalt him, recognize him, elevate him, magnify him, put him first, make him holy. He should be the one that you fear. Right? He should be the one that you're saying, you're in control of all things. I'm looking to you. I'm trusting you. And because I'm looking to you and because I trust you, because I know that no matter what happens, you're going to work things out. And because I know that you're God and you're in control of all things. And because I know that when I look to you, ultimately I'm going to get where you want me to be. I'm going to believe that you are everything to me. And I'm just going to surrender it all to you. So here's a really bad illustration. All right? And I say bad because there's just not a complete illustration to help get us to a place of really understanding this concept of fearing God. The best one that I can think of, and there's multiple ones that really attend to this, is, is how many of you, you ever flown on a plane before? All right, you've flown on a plane, all right, okay. Do you ever stop and think about that at any moment that that man or woman could just be having a horrible day and they could just get angry and just decide to nosedive into the planet Earth, Right? At a couple hundred miles an hour. Right? Do you ever think about that? Right? Right? Do you ever think about that? That you're just sitting there, you're, you're drinking your little, you know, spit of water, right? And eating your old crackers, right? And you're just flying. You're like, I'm getting ready to go land wherever you're going. And you're just like, whatever, it's cool, no big deal, right? That pilot up there 
could have just had the worst fight they've ever had in their life and said, oh, it's not worth it anymore. Right? Could just do that, right? That person's in complete control of your life. Complete control of your life. Now, here's something interesting. You notice, too, is that when you're walking through an airplane, you ever notice a kid around a pilot? You know ever how a kid responds to a pilot? Have you ever watched them? A kid just like, I mean, they're just like, oh, right? I mean, the dude's just wearing a goofy hat and a uniform, right? And the kid's just like, oh, right? They, they, oh, my gosh, it's so cool. They fly a plane. And when you really think about it, if a pilot ever comes in front of you or cuts you in line, you don't get mad about a pilot cutting you in line, right? You go, oh, it's a pilot. Don't want to make them mad. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a pilot, right? We, we put them in a place of honor. We put them in a place of respect, right? Because deep down, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we've had the revelation that our, hand, our life is in their hands or not, there's a place of honor that we put them in because we understand that they're in control. That there's going to be a moment where I can absolutely do nothing, but yet they're in full control. And so what do we do? We sit on our planes, and we watch Netflix, and we eat peanuts, Right? Or crackers or whatever it is that they're serving. Or even if it's nothing, right? And we just sit there and we just fly and we tolerate the person next to us the best that we can, right? And then we get there and we're like, great, I'm going to go do something now. In life, if we are to walk out and say, God, you're in control of all things. You're working all things out. You have a destination that is set for me. And you're the one that's going to get me there, not me. I'm going to surrender my life to you, and I'm going to enjoy the things that you give to me to do. The things that you've given me to partake in. The conversations that you've given me an opportunity to have. The things you've given me to enjoy. I'm going to take those things, and I'm going to be aware of them, and I'm going to live my life worry-free. Yeah, there's going to be things that are going to happen. There's going to be things that are going to take place. I'm not going to attribute those things to you and doubt you because of those things, right? You don't get angry at the pilot because he set you next to that person, right? Right? You're angry at that person for not brushing their teeth and not wearing deodorant, right? That's what you're going through, right? You, you have this right perspective on the situation, right? You don't start just going crazy about all this different stuff. You're acknowledging and realizing that this is the situation I'm in. I, I'm on a plane, and this pilot's getting me there, and each person has its place. Each thing has its role, and I just trust, and I believe, and, and I'm just going to work this thing out, and I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. Our life should be the same way, that we're trusting God in a way that, God, you're getting me to where you want me to go. And I I just want to look to you, and I want to put you in a place of honor. I want to put you in a place of respect. I want to put you in a place where I'm looking to you, and I'm trusting you with everything. That any moment, if you wanted to, you just could pluck me off the earth, right? And you could just be like, whatever, (laughs) that was fun, right? And you could just do that. But you don't. You know me, and you care for me, and you love me, and you have a plan for me, and you have a purpose for me. And you have somewhere you want me to go, and you've got a plan on how you're making that happen. That should put us in a place where we say, I'm only going to look to him. I'm only going to care about him. I'm only going to focus on him. And when you look at this, uh, when it says tremble, you should, you should uh, tremble uh, at him. It just says tremble. I'm trying to make it say something else, but that's all it says. You should tremble, right? What it's saying is, it's like, you should be in this place where it's not this angry, just like, ah, like a little chihuahua, like, is he getting ready to beat me, right? It's not that type of fear. It's not that type of trembling. It's just, oh, you're so big. Oh, you're so magnificent. Holy cow, I, I just can't even imagine just who you are and all that you are. And you love me? You love me? You, you, you care about me? Like, that should put you in a place of just like, are you serious? Like, that's awesome. I, I know some pilots, right? They're dedicated people. 
They're some of the most disciplined people that I've ever met. They have regimens and routines because they understand the responsibility that they carry. They understand the value of life that they carry on a daily basis, right? They're concerned. It makes me respect them. God, he loves you. God is right. He is just. He is holy. Yes, there are things that happen in your life that should not happen. Yes, there are things that take place in your life that nobody would wish on their worst enemy. God did not wish those. God did not will those on you. Those things are just the reality of a broken world. God is no different. God is holy. You should look at him as a holy God. You should be aware that he says, listen, there are troubles, there are trials, there are things going to happen, but I'm going to get you through those, and one day you're going to be in a place with me where there are no trials, where there are no pains, where there are no sufferings, and it gives you a different perspective. It gives you a chance to look at things differently and say, God, I'm looking to you instead of looking to them. God, I want you in the light of Jesus Christ to shine brighter in my life. I want that to illuminate the knowledge of who you are. I want that to show me what this circumstance means. I want that to show me the new that you have for me. And that changes my attitude. It changes my perspective. It changes the way that I walk out this life. I want to skip all of that. So this is something, this, the gospel, the fact that he makes all things new, that he's made all things new through Jesus Christ. Right? It moves this place, moves us past this place of emotion into this place of knowledge. And it moves us past uh, all these different things. It redefines our reality and it shapes our motivation. In Isaiah chapter 8 verse 13, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble. This ties right in into 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. Instead, you must Worship. Some translations say revere. Some translations say honor. Christ is Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. Come on, when we're in a place of realizing who God is and, and we live in a place where we have the fear of the Lord present and we're saying, I know who you are and I know what you're in control of. I know what you can do and I know what you can make happen and I know that you say you're going to work all things out for my good and, and I know that these things are real and these things are present and maybe I'll never get the answer. Maybe I'll never be free of this burden in the sense that it's gone. But I know that I can be free in my heart. I can be free in my spirit and I can make something that seems horrible to everybody else something that's great and magnificent to me. And there's going to be this point where people look and they say, how are you bearing that? And then they look at you and they don't see darkness. Instead, they see light. And that light is something that motivates them and pulls them to Jesus. Right? When you get in that place, it motivates you to live differently, to live a life of worship, to live a life that impacts and affects everything that you do. That you walk through and you're just like, I'm going through something. I'm dealing with something. Good, bad, great, ugly, whatever it is, it's there. It's what is in front of me. I get a chance to live it. I get a chance to show the light and the love of Jesus Christ through it. I'm committed to it. I'm sold out for it because I'm living my life to him. I'm looking only to him. I'm only going to trust in him. Why? Because what does it say in verse 14 of Isaiah chapter 8? He will keep you safe. He's going to keep me safe. 
Romans 8, he's going to work out all things for my good, right? So I have this mindset, this, this, this perspective that I'm going to declare his holiness. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to glorify him. I'm going to live my life applauding the goodness of God. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to be committed to. That's my motivation. That I know that God is good and I know that he does good. I know that he's holy and I know that all that he does is right. Because I know that, it motivates me to live my life differently. If I'm in a place where I doubt that, if I'm in a place where I am concerned about that or not sure about that, it's a place that if I choose to look at the doubts, if I choose to look at the worries, if I choose to look at these other things, and I allow those things to become greater, and I allow the worries, and I allow all the solutions that my friends have, allow all the solutions that my family have, allow all those things to become greater than what God can do and what his promises say to true. It begins to darken the light in my life. My perspective begins to continually shift. And I turn away from God and instead of walking to the things that he has for me, I walk into the things that I can find for myself. They're always less. Our perspective, our willingness to say, you are God, you're in control. You've got all things worked out. You've got all things planned out. You've got it all worked out. And so I know where I am right now. I know the things that I've made mistakes in the past. I know the stupid things that I said. I know all of this different stuff. It's there. It's real. It's going to help me to learn. But that's not who I am. Today's another day. Today's a new day. I've got a new understanding of your love. I've got a new understanding of your grace. Today's a new opportunity for me to try again. Today's a new opportunity for me to do it all over again. Because you love me and you've got me here. And I'm, I'm looking to you. I'm going to choose to look to you. You do that. The light begins to shine brighter in life. And guess what? When that light gets brighter, not only do you get direction, but you can begin to see what's really in front of you. What used to be a horrible obstacle, you look at it and you say, it's just a stupid shoe that I tripped over. Right? You look at it and you just begin to understand and see things for what they really are. You begin to get a clearer view of who God is and what he's given you an opportunity to do. Your perspective changes everything. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. pastor just said this the other day, and I just, man, this is so good, and it fits perfect, so I'm going to put it in. It says, what happens in our life is we start thinking that fear is actually wisdom. Fear is most dangerous when it looks like wisdom. But it's actually wisdom that protects us, not fear. God wants wisdom to protect the things in the life you have. He doesn't want you to live a life of fear. Because fear doesn't make you smarter, it makes you smaller. So this morning as the worship team comes up. A lot of times we can walk through faith and we can walk through Christianity and we can say, I, I just don't feel it. When, when I talk to people, a lot of times when they're going through stuff and they're, they're trying to figure things out, the biggest thing that they can say and they vocalize, and I do it myself, is, is I don't feel God. And I know that place is real, and I know those emotions are real, and I know that's the most devastating place to be. But see, what faith is, faith is saying, I don't feel, but I know, so that means that's how I'm going to act. 
And when we walk in faith, when we walk in a commitment of saying, I know who God is, I know what his promises are, and I'm going to cling to him, his character, and his promises instead of my feelings. When we do that, we begin to walk in the fear of the Lord. Because what we're saying is, is I'm not looking for me to figure this thing out. I'm looking for him to figure this thing out, and he's going to give me direction as I do it. I'm going to look to him. And as we begin to look to him and walk in that fear of him, that acknowledgement, that honor, that, that, that place of saying, you're so good. I'm looking to only you. When we walk in that, he begins to brighten the light in our lives. And we begin to see. He gives us wisdom of how to speak and how to talk and where to go. And he gives us wisdom of what we should do. And that wisdom guides us and it directs us and it pulls us closer to Jesus. See, if we buy into this thing of fear and we buy into this thing where we just say, I just, I don't know these things, but I do know what's in front of me. It moves you to a place of being smaller and experiencing the smallness of life. Instead of experiencing the abundance of God and the freedom of who he is. And God wants you to know this morning that you're in a place and you say, I just can't feel it. I just can't understand it. It's just, it's just not there. I'm not feeling it. Listen, the feelings, they come after you know. They don't come first often. Sometimes they do. And those are good moments because they're easier moments. But oftentimes in life, the feelings follow your steps of faith. And steps of faith are taken when you know who God is and despite how you feel, you step into what he has. So I want you to know this morning that knowledge, wisdom, understanding, all of these things are promised to you and they're all things that God wants to give to you freely. You have to make sure initially that your perspective is, is that Jesus is the answer for everything. And then when you know him to be the answer for everything, and you walk out even when it hurts, when you do the things that he's asking you to do, even when it seems impossible, and you keep taking those steps, you're stepping deeper and further into the brightness and the goodness and the glory of God. And you will find yourself in a place of knowing and experiencing. And when you know something to be true, nothing can change it. Nothing can change it. So let's pray real quick. And let's just take a moment to worship him. Father, I just pray. I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us, that you help us to move deeper into this place of knowing the truth of who you are. God, I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us, no matter where we are, no matter the distance that we feel is present in our life from you, help us to understand and help us to see that your promises are true. And your promises are this, that when we say, Jesus is Lord, that in that moment, because of what he did on the cross, you make us your children. You make us your children, not only in identity, but you make us your children in all that we are. Not only do we now receive a name, but we receive an inheritance. We receive a promise. Everything is new. Our position is completely different. And because our position is different, our opportunities are different. 
And because our opportunities are different, our perspective is different. And because our perspective is different, our knowledge is now set on Jesus Christ. That motivates us. It shifts us. It moves us into things that you have. And so God, no matter where we are, change our perspective. Move us to see Jesus for who he is. Brighten the light of Jesus in our hearts and in our lives. And God, help us to be committed to you, to run after you, to chase after you. God, help us to hold on to you and help us to know, even in moments when we don't feel. God, help us, Lord, to live our lives aware of who you are. And so, Father, as we take a moment just to sing and to lift our hands and lift our voices to you, Father, I pray, Lord, that you move our hearts back to the center, that you set our eyes and set our gaze in the right place. God, that if we've elevated things and we've bought into these conspiracy theories and we bought into the lies of life and we've let the worries and the fears and all of those things consume, God, if we put treasures here instead of treasures in heaven, God, shift us and move us and help us to realize that today's a new day. You're giving us a new grace. You're giving us a new strength. You're giving us a new courage to step in the things that you have for us. That we get to look forward because of Jesus. God, that everything is new. Every opportunity you have is new. That we can start new right now in this moment. God, let that amaze us. Let that well up inside of us. Let us be so amazed in awe of who you are. God, that worship explodes out of our hearts. Thank you, Father.